This episode contains discussions of cancer and cancer treatment. Hello and welcome to my brand new podcast, Voices, with me, Sally Morgan. But you may know me best as Psychic Sally. Throughout my career, I have worked with celebs, royalty and toured the world, helping people to find closure and happiness through the words and wisdom of their loved ones that have passed. This series, we will be hearing from voices of a different kind. Each episode, I will speak to powerful, strong and influential women about their lives, their struggles. Went to the Marsden, looked at her face as she looked at me and I was like, oh, she just looked at it and something changed in her face. Triumph. I am motivated and I do enjoy what I do and I think to a certain extent that is quite infectious and people can't help but want to support you, which is brilliant. And what inspires them? It is your choice. It doesn't matter how many dud cards you get, it is your choice how you play. Yeah. I just want people to get that power back. On today's episode, I will be chatting to Laura Bailey. You may know her from Instagram as That Mum With Cancer. But first, I sat down with Lisa Allen. Lisa is the face of the Pink Ribbon Foundation. She talks about the amazing work the charity is doing and the women that inspire her. So I'm here today with the most amazing woman, the queen of, as far as I'm concerned, cancer charities. She runs the Pink Ribbon Foundation, which you all know I fly the flag for in a very big way and Lisa came into my life a couple of years ago she's totally inspiring and just an amazing woman so everybody I'm so very very pleased to say that I have Lisa Allen with me here today oh my god that is like the best introduction I've literally ever had in my life well you every (laughs) everything I said there as far as I'm concerned is totally true and you are awe inspiring whether it's your hair darling probably um, (laughs) listen if you've never seen Lisa and then you've got to go on YouTube. You've got to Google her. She's got this, um, well, this punk <laughs> midline hair going right across that pink. I am wearing the branding of yeah. our charity, basically. I am wearing pink. Yeah, she is Pink Ribbon Foundation. <laughs> Give me a proper title. I've never asked you for your, for your proper title. What is it? So my proper title on my business cards and my signature on my email is actually Head of Corporate Partnerships, PR and Events, um, which is a bit of a mouthful, I admit, but because of the way that our charity is set up and the way that we run, um, I basically have lots of different roles within the charity and that title tries to sum up the main areas of my work, really. Well, you're the only person that has ever convinced me that I might be able to play netball, which, of course, I can't. Oh, my God. You were amazing. So in March, we had this Shoot for Pink um, event at the Copper Box, and we were playing with London Pulse, and I managed to convince 14 celebrities, of which, Sally, you were one of them, um, to play netball. And a lot of these celebrities obviously hadn't played netball for many, many years, um, but it was all to raise uh, money and awareness for Pink Ribbon and to highlight the fact that it has been proven that if you have a healthy diet and you exercise, you can actually reduce your onset of cancer by up to a third. Well, yeah, I have neither of those things. I do not have a healthy. I do not have a healthy diet, um, and I do not exercise. But listen, everyone, I scored three goals. You were amazing. 
amazing. Oh my God, Lizzie Cundy was like literally giving you so much respect on the call. It was fantastic. <laughs> Five foot nothing. What I would like you to tell everyone mm-hmm. is because there are plenty of people out there with amazing causes. I mean, we do know that cancer is a major cause. And of course, we'll talk about that later on a little bit more. But there are lots of people out there who have other causes that, you sure. know, make you, you make your heart break, don't they? Yeah. Um, the way that we actually operate, though, we're a grant making trust. So we're a registered charity in the UK. And we raise money every year with our corporate partnerships and our fundraisers. We have individuals that are doing fantastic things, such as bike rides, skydives, bake sales, etc. And effectively, all that money goes into a big pot. And then annually, we invite any charity concerned with breast cancer to apply to us as a foundation for a grant. Oh, so you're a bit like a satellite. Yes, char- so, yeah. And, and people can, you, you're funding other, other smaller charities. Exactly. So we're an, like an umbrella charity. So we raise this money and then every year, any charity concerned with breast cancer, as long as it's a registered charity, can apply to us for a grant. Any charity, if they support breast cancer, um, people affected by breast cancer can apply. So we have very much of the emphasis that we have is really on those smaller charities all over the UK that don't really get much in the way or any government funding um, that may not have internal fundraisers raising money for them and who are doing things like boot sales, etc., to get their money in to support their cause. So the money that we give, we give probably to around 40 different charities every year. Some of those charities, it might be a small grant that keeps a phone line going for a year or to pay for furniture in a waiting room. It can fund um, lingerie shops with specialist underwear. We give to um, organisations that help with counselling for people and their families that are going through breast cancer diagnosis, complementary therapies. There's a whole broad range of where our money goes. Um, But the way that we work is very transparent so we make sure that we know exactly where this money is going and how it's being used so it's wonderful wonderful every charity that we give money to basically has to um uh, give us a report every six months to let us know where that money's been used and how many people have benefited with a lot of women that find themselves with breast cancer a lot of them can be single mums. Oh, totally. What, so what happens to, you know, they're the breadwinners. They're the, what happens, do, do you have, do you have uh, food banks? Do you help them out financially? Because, you know, their treatment, they can't work. What, what happens you know what, then? That, that is one of the things as well, obviously. If you've got, if you're diagnosed with breast cancer and you've got a loving family and you've got a partner who can maybe ease off work slightly and support you at home, It's fantastic, but you're quite right. There are a lot of people out there going through diagnosis of breast cancer on their own, possibly with kids, with no family support. And that's one of the areas I think that sometimes gets forgotten is that financial side, because unfortunately your bills are still coming in. You know, Mr. Mortgage Man might not necessarily want to give you much of a break on on that. Um, And it's that financial um, stress as well, which can obviously add to all the other emotional stress and and anxiety and things that you're going through at the same time. So I'm so passionate about it because no one asked to be diagnosed with cancer, do they? I know. And it's awful. And the thing is as well, a lot of people are being diagnosed really early as well. I've come across, I've been again working on campaigns this month. But that's good though, isn't it? I mean, earlier diagnosis is what we want. Yeah, earlier diagnosis is brilliant, but I'm talking young women as well, 20s and 30s, which is really young. And and do you think that the younger ones are more hormonal breast cancer? Do you know what? There's so many 
things attributed to possible causes of cancer. You know, there's the stress, there's diet, there's deodorants, there's loads of things have been attributed to breast cancer. And I wouldn't want to sit here and no. say, these are the things you should avoid or these are the causes of cancer. I think what we focus on as a foundation is that we're not experts in breast cancer we're not nurses or doctors and we give we raise the money in order to support the people that are experts in their field um but again it's going back to that shoot for pink and, and the and the netball um scenario it's basically just taking care of yourself that's not going to stop you getting it but it's going to minimize your risk so i think anything you can do to look after yourself is obviously going to be a bonus yeah and i think that it's because of charities like the pink ribbon foundation that make us aware yeah. of you know the signs and what we need to do um, to hopefully avoid that diagnosis. No, exactly. And I think the way that we operate, what's really good about the Pink Ribbon Foundation is the fact that we are a charity where we operate with very little costs. You know, as you know, and I've said to you before, I I literally work from a desk in my bedroom. Mm. Uh, We're a charity where we don't have offices, you know, plush offices in London. There are no um, salaried staff Our foundation is literally run with three volunteer trustees and then the only other person at the charity is myself. So I literally beg, steal and borrow to get things done. Um, And I think because I am motivated and I do enjoy what I do and I think to a certain extent that is quite infectious and people can't help but want to support you, Mm. which is brilliant. Um, But I don't think the Pink Ribbon Foundation and the trustees are going to ever be in a situation where they want to get the offices and they want to get the staff because then that takes away what is unique about us at the moment mm, yeah and i might I think, need a bigger house because my lever arch files are like busting <laughs> out but apart from that i think i'll always be working from home and doing what i do unless someone wants to offer me loads of money to do something never know. there might it. be a billionaire out there listening i need a man yeah. <laughs> the, um, do you know what this is what what i love about you whenever i'm with you you know when we go to lots of different functions where the pink ribbon are, are there supporting that and oh, we're supporting pink ribbon at those functions and you always make me smile you always make me feel good you also you know you give people hope yeah because it's because of charities like the pink ribbon foundation that we know deep down one day cancer will be totally curable well, that is, that's the hope. That is the hope. And there are a lot of charities who are very much focused on the research side of cancer, all cancers, not just breast cancer, but there's a lot of charities focused on that side that are doing huge amount of work um, in that area in the hope that one day we will all live cancer-free. Mm. That is the aim. But in the, in the meantime, you know, it, there's one in eight women are expected to get breast cancer in their lifetime. And when you do the sums, that equates to someone every 10 minutes being told that they've got cancer so if you think how long we've been talking um and that every 10 minutes someone's being told that they've got breast cancer it's it's scary there's still a long way to go a long way to go yet but you listen lisa with you on board we can do it can't we everyone we can do it (laughs) yay we can i really think another reason that i find you so inspiring is the fact that you're a single mum am i right yes and here you are running this charity from your bedroom yep I mean, how do you manage your... I've had a tough life, Sally. I've had a tough life. What can I say? Men. I'm not going to say anything. I'll just leave it there. (laughs) Did you know, but this this is amazing because it's only with our tough times, isn't it? 
with our downers, yeah. that's the only way that we're going to come back up. No, you totally. Agree? I left... Um, I left Neve's dad when uh, she was five, actually. So I've been a single mum. She's 14 now. So I've been a single mum since then. And she was... When my relationship with her dad broke down, she was literally my sole focus. And she was... she just started primary school at the time. Um, and I ended up having to move back in with my mum, which was 15 miles away from her school. So I was literally driving 15 miles to get her to school, then 15 miles back home because I worked from home, even at my mum's. I was still based, home-based. And then at the end of the working day, I drove 15 miles back to get her and then 15 miles back home. And then because she dances on a Saturday where we live as well, I was doing 30 miles return trip on the Saturday as well. And I did that for four and a half years. And at the same time that I was going and doing all of that, travelling and trying to keep everything, you know, Mm. as near to normal for her as possible, I was working, obviously, um, with the Pink Ribbon Foundation um, on a home base as well and chaired the PTA of the primary school for for five years as well, which was, again, if anyone's ever done a PTA and you've been chair of the PTA, you'll know that that is like another full-time job. Um, so it's no wonder there's no one I mean that when you look at that the history of that your history (laughs) your work ethic it's no wonder that you're a survivor and it's no wonder that you're able to make such a success of the Pink Ribbon Foundation so when you look at cancer it can be so negative Mm. you know many people don't even want to say the word do they Mm. so how do you remain enthusiastic passionate and basically happy yeah and with bags and bags of hope how do you keep that up how do you maintain that I think I'm naturally probably a very positive happy person anyway I think it takes a lot to to pull me down and even you know all that stuff that happened before um you know when I was going through the split with with Neve's dad and so on um I, I still remained really positive in fact it was a year after when I was at the school gates and I'd been doing this journey to and from my mum's house and someone had said, to, one of the mums had said to me, oh, are you coming out tonight for drinks? And I'm like, oh, no, I need to get back to, to, to where my mum lives. And she was like, oh, but you only live right opposite the school. And I'm like, no, 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 I, I moved a year ago. No one at school had known that I'd gone through this really horrendous split because I just carried on as normal, doing the chair stuff with the PTA, working for the charity and so on. I think naturally... I just think if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger at the end of the day. Um, And you're right, there are some really, really horrible stories that I hear from people that have, you know, had breast cancer. It's not always been the fantastic outcome that we've hoped for. And there are times when I get testimonials from different charities that we've given money to, that we've given grants to, that we've supported, and they come back and they, they tell us how they've used the money and how many people have benefited. And they give us testimonials from some of these predominantly ladies that have received their services. And, um, and they're heartbreaking. I mean, there's, there's one story in particular, and, and I, do, I do say it sometimes when I'm at events, because if I want people to part with their money, you know, in an auction or something, you know, you, if you say a story that really hits home, it, it does make people part with their money. Um, but, you know, for the, for the most part nowadays, survival rates are so much better than they used to be 20 years ago that there's a lot of positive stories out there. And I think as if you're a positive person anyway, that's what you hold on to. As I've been banging on about it the whole interview, you are a really amazing, inspirational woman. Who inspires you? 
That's easy because I, I've had people ask me that question before and it's my mum. And that might sound really, really corny, you know, like I can't come up with another, you know, idea. But I would say without a shadow of a doubt, it's definitely my mum. My mum had a really, really tough life. Um, my mum was physically and mentally abused as a child. Um, she left home very, very young, married the first guy basically that came along, which was a really bad mistake, and ended up bringing up three kids on her own um, and she's given m me and my two sisters every opportunity to make something of our lives I think if I'd have had a slightly different parenting experience and she'd used the negative experiences that she had as a child in the opposite way I could have gone down a, you know a completely different path but she's she's definitely my inspiration because I think she's just given me and my sisters just the best life not financially you know we've never been rich um, but in terms of all the attributes that I think that are positive that we've got and the way that we look at the world and the way that we like to give to other people, that's all de definitely down to my mum. How do you stay so driven? I mean, is it food? Is it booze? <laughs> Have you looked at me? Probably it is food. I'm sustained on cake and wine, yes. <laughs> yeah. So what sort of drives you? Is it just a need? It's just a need to feel that you can sleep at night isn't it you know when I do yeah. a really hard if I do a long run and I'm doing 18 hour days which I am which I do just like you mm. um and it, it's a bit like how do we how do you get through with that and I, I think it's just the feeling of I've done a good day's work is, is that the same do for you, know you? What? It, it probably is actually it's very very similar I think if you love what you do you feel like you're making a difference. You're always connecting with fantastic people. Do you know what? There's never a day, there's, well, there's hardly ever a day when I go, oh, my God, I've had a really bad day. That was crap. I had a row with someone or I came across someone that wasn't particularly very nice. Every day really is good. Yeah. I don't deal with anyone that's not very nice. Everybody is always really pleased to hear about the charity, even if they're not able to support in a particular way. Um, but I love what I do. That's what keeps me enthusiastic and motivated. I'm a hard worker, without a doubt. I, I love working hard. Um, and I'm always working on lots of different projects at the same time. And I love that, I guess it's that, that feeling of being needed as well. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You're what doing what project are you working on at the moment then? Within, well, obviously, this is all within the charity. Yeah. Sure. So obviously we're, we're coming towards the end of um, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, so that's been keeping us very very busy uh we've had pink london which happened on the 2nd of october at opium london that was our annual party where we say thank you to everybody that we work with companies um some charities celebrities are invited that's always a, a fantastic time we work with um the wonderful body painter filippo ioko so that's great uh, we've had a fashion show happening at down hall in essex uh again celebrities walking the catwalk donating items items of clothing that they no longer wear. So you would say to anyone then, wouldn't you, any other person out there wanting to start a charity up, you, you've just got to keep knocking at doors and you can never give up? Totally. I think you need... It's like anything in life, you know. You've got to be passionate about what it is you want to do and, and you have to have drive because the thing is if you're leading it yourself and you're, you don't have that drive and that passion and that belief, no one else is going to. Yeah. It's been a 
complete pleasure to talk to you, Thank to you. have this conversation. And you've enlightened me on so many things, but especially, and I don't know why I thought this, I did think you were um, a cancer survivor, you yeah. know? But, and, and I don't know why I've never, ever said to you, because it's personal, oh, did you have breast cancer? I and think you- people probably sometimes do assume that if you're working for a particular charity, there is a reason. And I think that so many breast cancer charities have been set up by people that have either had it themselves or in the name of someone that's had it that people just assume and like you they don't always want to ask but I'm more than happy to tell people you know how I got into it and so on well I just think you have never personally been impacted by it yourself and yet here you are doing this amazing you should you should be dame you should be (laughs) I'm writing my letter love don't you worry about that you can buy a hat then (laughs) there is nothing like a dame and I'm telling you everyone she's sitting here in front of me pink hair sparkling (laughs) in all her pink ribbon foundation finery um the lovely the lovely the gorgeous Lisa thank you so much darling thank you Sally I've worked with the Pink Ribbon Foundation now for many years, so it was lovely that Lisa agreed to come on and talk to me. Um, She enlightened me. There were many things that she told us about the Pink Ribbon Foundation that I didn't know. A wonderful lady. She gives everything she can to the Pink Ribbon Foundation, and it shows. Enjoying the podcast? Why not join Sally for her 10-year anniversary tour? Psychic Sally, 10 years and counting. The messages from beyond will come in thick and fast from this funny, entertaining, touching, sometimes heartbreaking show. Sally will be using her skills as a world-renowned psychic in this jaw-dropping experience that has attracted and amazed theatergoers and psychic fans for the last decade. To get your tickets, head to sallymorgan.tv now. And just so you know, this episode was recorded at City of Quebec. City of Quebec is situated close to Oxford Street, offering a chilled, relaxing atmosphere during the day and a selection of entertainment of an evening. Downstairs hosts their club and is open until 3am Friday and Saturday nights, with DJs putting their own individual twists on each night. For all the latest goings-on, check them out on Instagram at the Quebec. I'm here, everyone. I'm very, very lucky and incredibly privileged to be sitting with the lovely Laura, who, if you have Instagram, which I'm sure most of you do, um, she's she's got a, a hugely successful page called Mum with Cancer. Yep. And it's exactly what she is. She's a mum. She has cancer. She's living with her cancer. She's living with her treatment. She's living with her prognosis. And... I am so very lucky, Laura, to have you here today to talk to us about that. You know, it's it's just, it's incredible. And I think that um, anyone like yourself that is living with cancer, I I am truly in awe of how you have handled your diagnosis and your prognosis. So what I'm interested in, because there are going to be a lot of people out there, men as well as women, children, uh, mums, grandmas, whatever, that are waiting for their diagnosis, are hearing about their diagnosis on the day they're listening to this or on the day after. So just take me through to how this appeared in your life and what happened. Oh, so I ignored the symptoms for... I had a baby. I knew there was something wrong just 
you put it down to you know the just changing in your body so your 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 cancer is in your breast yes right? yeah so I had a lump in my left breast got pregnant had a baby breastfed her it all kind of just 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 went out of my mind yeah well you're busy aren't you new yeah, baby and exactly. as you're breastfeeding and as, as well. a mum you know you're last yeah so I'm quite like now I'm quite vocal about no you have to be first not in everything but like health wise yeah you have to be first well when you look out when you go on when we go on a plane and we're shown the you know before they start you know this is what would happen exactly they tell you to put the mask put on the mask on first because then you can help others and it's the same really it, it is that's exactly it and I put the mask on everybody else as you do um so do you remember got, the day? What day was it? Was it a Monday? Was it, it was a Monday. It was, was a it? Monday. So I went to my GP and I was like, there's something not right. He didn't even get to the end of the breast exam. He was like, Marsden within two weeks. So as soon as you tell your GP there's a problem, you get seen within two weeks. It's, it's and one of the be- one of the best hospitals for... I am so lucky to be at the Marsden. Absolutely. So lucky. Um, but in between waiting... Yeah. I still didn't have it in my head. Of course, it's not cancer. I it's myself, mastitis. Yes, yeah. mastitis. It's an infection. It's anything but the worst. And I still, waiting for that appointment for the Marsden, didn't even occur to me it'd be cancer. And then, so Friday night was in A&E, and he was like, look, you, you're going Monday morning. Just just get through the, the weekend with some painkillers, and you'll get it sorted. I've seen him since, and he did say, he was like, I wanted to tell you, but I, I couldn't. No, How do you tell a mum with a oh, baby in her yeah, arms? Yeah. yeah. Um, so went to the Marsden, and then I kind of I looked at her face as she looked at me, and I was like, oh, this is it. Had she done a, had they done a Before biopsy or aspiration? Put, I just, she just looked at it, and she, she, something changed in her face. Mine was quite... Um, Physical. Oh, was it? It, it was wasn't prominent. like a hidden lump. No. I had um, inflammatory breast cancer, which presents. It's quite a rare breast cancer. Very. Um, so it's very aggressive. visual and it's aggressive, yeah, yeah. and very aggressive. So, so were, were you? What stage were you at? Because they grade it, don't they? So I was diagnosed stage three, right? Which they set to cure me. So I was stage three curable, um, which was amazing because then I was like, I just, I just broke down to them when they said, you know, this is cancer. I was just like, just tell me I've got a fight. Yeah. As long as you give me a chance, and, I'll do it. And they gave you a chance. They said, we're looking to cure you. So I was like, well, that's it. I'm yeah. going to get cured. Did did everything. Did the chemo, did the radio. So what, came, what came first, a mastectomy? Or? No, no, no. I did chemotherapy first. So, and how many weeks was that? I did six months because uh, the they have to be spaced out because of the right. toxicity and did your was was your was the breast going down as the chemo after the first chemo was the first time literally the next day that it wasn't hot so if we just imagine that there's there's a, a lady sitting in front i know that men get breast cancer but on the mm-hmm. whole it's women so let's just imagine there's a woman sitting in between us here what would you say to her um what 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 emotions is she going to go through when when they say to her we're starting you on chemo this is stage three but we are looking to cure you what would what emotions my is she honest gonna go opinion through? is this is going to get shit is it this is going to get shit yeah that's so my honest in, opinion in, with the pain or with your emotionally or your head every everybody reacts differently to chemo i didn't take it very well some people get go up and get to work and the particular chemotherapy that I was on um 
they said don't even don't even bother with a cold cap yeah because there is that so we can explain this there is a cold cap isn't there i've i've got a cousin that yeah. wore that and her some of her hair fell out but it managed to keep so most what the of her chemo hair. does it kill it chemo kills fast like rapid um, growing cells and a cancer cell grows fast but so does your hair follicles so that's why you lose your hair right because they kind of it kills them off bang, yeah. and they're gone and the hair comes yeah, out so your hair comes out so that's why yeah. and do you think that when you have such a huge diagnosis and such a huge prognosis even if they're saying we're, we're looking to cure this yeah um do you think that your brain um doesn't really accept everything no i didn't I didn't because my mum had lost my sister when I was younger. So all I was thinking was, oh well, I can't die because no. she can't she can't bury two two daughters. Like so who this, does that? So this so, this invisible lady that is sitting next to us now, you're going to be saying, bless her heart. You're going to be saying to her, um, you know, from somewhere you get the strength to have the next the next experience of this cancer, it's which a is going to be. Sally, it's literally it comes down to a choice. You live. Or you die. You, you sh- everything gets stripped away. It is that basic. It's that much of a choice. So, and, and do you think when you're like you, you've got young children, you have to live? So, exactly. this, this, and you've so got yeah, your husband it, it and your life. Really shit, does it? But you choose life. Do you? Yeah. And I think everybody that goes through treatment, people are like, oh, you're, you know, you're so brave. I'm like, no, I'm just breathing. You're breathing. I'm breathing like you're breathing. So, you, you dealt with it then by being incredibly positive you had to for the children what did you yeah. say to the children uh not a lot to effie because she was a baby baby yeah. um we mia's very understanding so she got she got it full throttle she got the adult mm. the adult version because she was like 14 um but but we had to wing it and you just kind of i don't think that there's a blanket way of doing it you've got to know your kids and you know their weakness and their yeah. strengths so honesty, honesty. Was, was a massive part we didn't sugarcoat it we didn't talk about death but we did say mummy's gonna get really poorly there was no ifs and buts things are gonna and, get and really did you, bad did you get yeah really, what you where you spent days in bed oh, or i spent about a year in bed i literally i didn't leave my flat the world was just it was just too and much were you were you then sort of like swinging between um telling everybody the truth and then thinking no this isn't working because the cancer's still there yeah um you know maybe maybe i don't tell the truth maybe i try and deny it myself were you swinging emotionally this is why i started talking to my instagram I only right. had friends as followers, but I just found it very, very therapeutic. Almost like speaking, a journal. Yeah, speaking on my um, on my stories, and stories save. Yeah. And I just always wanted... My back of my mind was always, I want to leave something for my kids. So like Effie's a legacy. So, yeah. Effie was so young, I thought, if the worst happens and I die, like in the next two years, she's never going to know me. Yeah. So I need to leave more than a letter. And what's better than that? It's so, so mum's like, everyday life, yeah. including her. Just the the title, just the label that you give yourself is so honest. My old handle was was my name, really. Mm. And um, I'd gone to an event or two, and it was just a little bit not unprofessional, but I just I wanted I wanted a. a when you, when you want, and, and you wanted somebody straight away to know exactly yeah. who you are. Because nobody forgets. When, no. even now it is a little bit like, oh, what's your handle? And I'm like, that mum with cancer. And they go, oh, 
and I think yeah, they might forget but me though. No, but most people we we say that because I've, as far as I'm concerned, at my age, it's like I've so far I, I touch wood. I've managed to dodge cancer because that's what it is. Because it's in our, I'm, but in my family, it's in my family, yep. and I've watched members of my family, one in particular, die from it. So mm. I know that it's there. With with you, you haven't managed to dodge it, and you're dealing with it. I think in such an inspirational way. Is it a daily blog that you do then? Really? No, I do. I talk daily. I should write more, but. Yeah, it's, I think that there's a, you know, I do have looking at me, um, call me psychic, I think there's a book here. You you must, you have to get a book deal. Oh, that would be the dream. So I think that, you know, there's a book crying, screaming to come out. Yeah, it'd be good. So what treatment are you on? To, so you, you basically, you, you, at the very, very beginning, when the baby was only a year old, had, did they say that you'd had this cancer for that year after, since after yeah, she so was they, born? Yeah, um, so they... They they don't really like to answer questions, but I'm I'm a bit like no, well you got to tell me. They yeah. were like the likelihoods were yeah you you you've had this cancer in you for about two years at two that years. yeah by the point I was so really while you were pregnant the tumor was like that big. If I pushed it here, if I pushed under my boob, you could see it poke out from like the top by my shoulder. So that's I'm 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 old school inches, like a uh, hundred and twenty millimeters, so right. twelve centimeters, twelve centimeters yeah. long, and it was a really really oh, like an oblong. Sh- by the yeah. way, you're showing an oblong, and it sh- went in and out. Did they get it all out? Yes. So the the surgery was really successful. It had already gone to my um, my lymph nodes, so I had those taken out as well. Right. And Which makes a big difference, doesn't it? For, I mean, as in lifting your arm and what you can carry. I've yes. got lymphedema, so I've got this. What is what's lymphedema? So, I mean, who knew about the lymphatic system? Yeah, well, um, you're right. How important? Yeah. yeah, and nobody knows how important it is. So, um, where I've had all my lymph nodes out, there's like um, liquid under your skin, and it moves everything around the body, like all the important stuff, not blood, but. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've had mine removed. So all of the it collects. The, yes, in your on your in your upper. What, yeah. what what Laura's showing me now, her upper arm, and um, where I've got what you call like me little wings here because I'm a age. Yeah, mine looks, looks like it, Popeye. It, it's only down. because of that's the fluid. That's the, yeah, the lymphedema. So there's exercises I have to do. I still haven't got full movement back from the mastectomy and um, the no clearance. And did they did they reconstruct your breast? Yeah, so I had a procedure called a Dieppe flap. So they took my stomach right. and made me a boob. Um, incredible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's incredible. That was, um, yeah. I just remember, because like, you know, like when, when you're in the so much in the dark, you would think that it would be the bigger picture that you think of, but it isn't. You just have to take like the little snapshots. You're living each moment, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, I'm gonna. They're gonna get rid of my flesh apron, and I'm gonna have smaller boobs. Yeah. I mean, it ain't worth having cancer for. But if I'm gonna have to do this, I mate, I don't because have to wear ha- long tops no more. Well, that's so what I mean. yeah, and they, they. You see, but I'm uh, from the outside. I'm looking at what you've just said, and that is just so positive that's a positive you know but you're not aware you're not deliberately wanting to be positive that's just the spin you put on it yeah and as you say you either live or you die don't you yeah and then you get people saying oh you've got a free tummy tuck no 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 it's not a free tummy tuck there's a little bit more to it than a tummy tuck but yeah i mean my my body i love my body now more than i did before because my flesh apron was just the bane of my life and my boobs were massive 
So I've had this one reduced and lifted. So it matches so the other match, one. Yeah, it, the, the reconstruction and how far they go with it is fantastic now. When me and mum come to see you for a reading, oh. you walk behind me and I was like, you put your hand there and I was just had my operation and I was like, no, no, it was here. And you went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you, but you must have sensed it because literally the next week I went back because I was having, um, I didn't tell, I didn't tell you or anyone no. that I was having pain in my hips. But when you walked round me, you, you was like, oh, it's here. It's here. I can feel and it. And you're touching at the moment. The, yeah. The, and I was like, no, 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 it's, it's here. And then the next week I had an MRI and it was literally where you touched. It had gone to my bones. So it's now, I've now got stage four secondary breast cancer. It had migrated. Part of the tumour had broken off through the lymphatic system and attached itself to like my hips and, and my and lower back. But you literally went, oh, I can feel it. And I was like, no, no, it was here. Oh, and it had gone there. Yeah. And I started, I messaged Fern. So and I what was do like, they, hum- what do they, what does the medical profession do? So that, that you went for this MRI because you were having a bit of pain. Yeah. Is that right? So they, they all swing into action because. Oh, it's they, fantastic. Well, they're amazing, aren't they? The National Health, this is where the National Health Service comes into its own. Yeah. Um, what so they tell you do they tell you straight away yes well no i have the the mri and then you have to go and see your consultant a couple of days later yeah and they were like oh we're really sorry um it's it's showing up on your bones now so do they say what they're gonna do not well nothing so there's this amazing drug it's like a chemo but for secondary cancers called a palcocyclib never heard of that no I only like to and say is it, it last a tablet? week. Yeah, so I take it for 21 days and then I have a seven-day break because like chemo, it, like, it just batters my immune system and my bloods and that keeps it asleep. So right. it can't be removed, but I don't need active um, chemo treatment. And would you, are they willing to give you active chemo? If, oh if God, it, yeah, if it spreads. I mean, this is just like, this is just one option. Where we are at now, I'm, I've got, and I'm lucky that I, I seem to get the best of a bad situation. So they'll tell me, like, the worst. It's like, well, you've got, you're incurable now. You've got stage four secondary breast cancer, but I've managed to kind of get the one that's treated. Yeah. Like, it's, I'm, I'm being treated, it's, it's responding. Yeah, so it's almost it's, if they're holding it back, aren't they? Yeah. Like, I it just, could be a lot worse. You see, the, how in... Just that yeah. sentence, you're saying it could be a lot worse. Mm. I'm sitting here thinking, oh my God, she's gone through all of that and she's still saying it could be yeah. a lot worse. So what is your prognosis? Um, forever on these tablets? Forever, for as long as they work. For as long as they work. And do they, what, what do they know about them? Do they have a lifespan I, in your body? About 10 years. Oh, that's brilliant. Because by yeah. that time, there'll be something else. That's what. Because when they, they can said give you. that, because I was like, so how long have I got to live? And they were like, oh, you know, we don't. And I was like, so no, you I need that to. Question. Yeah. 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 And then after Badgerham, and she was just like, <laughs> you know, all going well, you know, 10 years, like statistically. I went, 10 years? She said, Laura, 10 years in cancer years. She went, it's like reverse dog years. Yeah. So. It, it is. Yeah. Because so, like I said, I always seem to get the best of the of the bad situation so yeah. i'm not going to waste that no. you just need to let everybody else know that this isn't the worst this is just me with the work that i do uh, kicking in i actually think that being given a diagnosis whatever stage it is you're going to go through a, a form of grief aren't you oh yeah one of my first blog posts i wrote about the stages of grief because it, it, it really is so like the denial the acceptance the bargaining the the anger yeah and i think 
grief isn't spoken about enough because grief you just automatically think the loss of a person no but it's a loss of it's a something loss of, yeah and a loss of yourself or yeah, a loss absolute, of a body part and definitely it is a very strange feeling that my belly button isn't the belly button that i was born with it's been it's been moved because yeah. that even though the, there was a tumor there have, i don't know it's just a loss you, of your well i think for us isn't it our yeah. breasts i mean we don't have to say this is it goes without saying they're they're part of us aren't they they're part yeah. of our sexuality and us because what how we I wear fed our my clothes babies and with you them. fed your babies yeah. I, I mean know. i spent a long time hating them because they were just they were just too big what what's what's your what do you feel is your next goal because you must set it's almost as if do you set yearly goals or like no, 10 I'm yearly not that goals organized i would like copperfield was just on a really good um awareness campaign copperfield are a charity run by um I think they're twin sisters, and one of them still, I think she's got stage four um, secondary breast cancer. They were quite young. They've kind of made it not trendy, but it's. Well, it's, you can talk about it. Yeah. Anything that is no longer a taboo, yeah. or we're trying to sort and of like still stop. There's so many taboos oh, around, around okay. breast cancer. Of course there are. So, what, what's your. Do you, so, you're not setting goals for yourself, which no, is brilliant. I set a goal. I would like the conversation of early detection. Right. Um, and just, how would we do that? What do you use? Schools, going into schools I think so, and talking yeah. to girls? I think so. I mean, my daughter does that for me now. Like, she'll cover herself. And I'm like, I made you. Yeah. What are you doing? Oh, so she's feeling like that. And I'm always walking around naked. I know. Because I that, get so hot. But do you not think that's at teenage years? Yeah, that, but that's where they need to... Because what else are they hiding? Yeah. I, and the thing is, I'm not stupid... I've had relatives die of breast cancer. I've bought breast cancer awareness stuff and I ignored my own symptoms. Yeah. So there's obviously something ain't working. Yeah, but you, when you look at your, the, the, this, that, that particular time in your life, you were pregnant, you had, were giving, going to give birth, you gave birth and you were feeding a brand new baby. So it's not surprising that you were not on top of this yeah. lump. I mean, let's, you know, you but must... it should be surprising. That's where we need to get to, I think, in society. Yeah. For men and women, yeah. well, non-binary you... folk, yeah. you have to put your your self, your health yes. first. Yeah, and I loved, I'll tell you what I loved about you. You had a picture taken, didn't you? Yeah, of... I got my daughter to take a picture of me. Just It was after my mastectomy um, and recon and stuff. So you, before, you, yeah, before the, the before reconstruction. Before my recon on my other side. Yeah, and you were just standing there basically yeah. naked, bare. You had It was like bearing your it was soul. Ne- no one was ever meant to see it. Nobody. Oh, it was, it was just... Um, no, yeah, it was, no, that was just for my records. Ah. Yeah, no one was ever meant to see it. I was even asked the week before, would you ever do... And I was like, no. Because it was a black and white photograph. Yeah, well, Incredible. I changed it to black and white. But I was like, I couldn't. Because I've got five brothers and a dad and da, da, da. I wouldn't, you know, they no. don't want to see it. But I woke up with the um at a campaign that came out whose... Their, their, their tagline was, two is better than one. Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah. Why not, would they do that? Not, oh, wasn't a cancer... Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, it was a friendship campaign, but it just, it just didn't. I've actually had a meeting with the girl that headed the campaign um, now, and when you hear like she didn't, she didn't. Well, she didn't. She think. had every good intention, but she's never had breast cancer. So you 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 took this photograph then? Yeah. So I posted that in retaliation. And, and did you tag them in? Yeah. <laughs> and what happened? 
Oh, it went, yeah. It went, went viral, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it went a little bit viral. I was like, Kev, that's my husband. I went, <laughs> I've posted a picture, babe. Oh, he went, what? I went, yeah, I've, I've, I've posted a picture. He went, good girl. I thought, sweet. Oh. But yeah, that was, um, yeah, it's still hard to look at. But I thought, no, don't. We're not. Is it? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Why? why, why? Because Be- I was in so much... Not just physical pain, I was in like... Mental pain. Yeah, and you know when like, mental is a physical, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So even though like, my my innards hurt and everything, but there was just, I was so sore, I was just so sensitive. You were in pain everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. When it went viral, actually posting that, it said to everybody, look how brave this woman is. Yeah. Look what look what cancer has done to her, and she's still standing because it she was a photograph of you. Yeah, you were standing. You know, I'm, I'm looking in my mind's eye now at that picture. Incredible. Yeah. And I think that that's when I realised as well um, how you had come to everybody's um, attention. They were having to look. You know, you couldn't turn away from that because it was organic as well. The picture was never taken. No, for public viewing it was well it was raw it It was a raw photograph it was was an organic process I had the picture I've got many pictures of of my thing of like my journey and my body and how it's changed and I literally I got the ump yeah I got the ump and thought no you don't need to keep talking on behalf of us anymore because we are articulate and we are smart and we're living do you think that remaining positive and speaking in a positive way do you think that actually keeps the body going i do but it's got to be it's not just a quote you no. can't just pick you a quote live it. you you do you do have to practice it you have to practice it yeah because my mum the talk yeah gotta, my mum's always oh it's, you know it's all right for you you choose to see um you your cup's always half um full, full yeah i said but mum that's my choice yeah. That's a choice. It is your choice. It doesn't matter how many dud cards you get. It is your choice how you play. Yeah. You, I just want people to get that power back and you've and have more self belief. Do you still have bad days? Oh God, yeah. Yeah. And what is a bad day for you? Is it physical, mental, both? More mental with me. I've never really. I never struggled with my mental health. Um, growing up, I've always been quite on top of it. Yeah, you've never been really depressive or no, had depression. No. I've always meditated. I'm quite in tune with myself. I give really good advice. And then the cancer just, oh, it done me. It done me good. It yeah. done me, yeah. So, yeah, that side of it as well. So, and how are you with, because now you've got it, it in your hips, how are you with walking and that mobility? Got a mobility scooter. Have you? Yeah, I'm going to bring the mobility aids to the younger people. The amount of people that are like, I wish I had your guts. Guts? It's a mobility scooter. So Come on. When you, so you've got this mobility scooter. So I'm back on the school run. So you take that. That's amazing. Yeah. Why? Because obviously you can't walk far. I can't walk far. Like on a, like on, on a, you know, maybe on a good day, I can do little bits, little bits, but to get up every morning and constantly do that same walk and back again. You can't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. No. So, um, the only option was mobility scooter. I love it. My kids aren't embarrassed because that was the other thing. I'm like, I don't want them to be embarrassed because other kids, kids can be cruel. Yeah. No, we boss it. And do you have to, what, what's your, what's your life like with medically, with the hospitals and with treatment? Oh, I'm there. I, I'm there every four weeks for treatment. So I've got to go and have a Zolodex 
implant injection that's to stop the estrogen right so I'm, I'm menopausal I have to have a bone hardener I see my oncologist um, and then I get an MRI every three months right. to make sure that it's, that asleep. it's asleep it's the best way that I could describe it it's asleep yeah this medicine keeps it asleep yeah it makes my hair fall out so I've got alopecia it won't go completely bald again but my hair's falling out and I still like I'm on morphine all day but I just, when it gets on top of me, I think of all the women that have gone before me, they had to go to get this far. Yeah. So I'm part of something. Yeah, we all are. Other, yeah. Aren't so we? I take I take great comfort in being part of a journey. I, yeah. I don't care that. Well, that's your legacy, my, isn't it? Yeah. Your legacy is going to be people will one day like it's all of us are going to die aren't we yeah so, do you know what i mean it's the only thing that you're pro- it's like the only certainty it's isn't it the only certainty yeah and you know you're not going anywhere yet but when you do your legacy will be that you were somebody that carried this stage of cancer and how we treat it forward and said mm. to people said to women women like me you're sitting here now you're talking to me you're saying you can fight it you know you're yeah. living proof of that yeah. everything you've got is in there yeah you just need to trust it laura's positivity continues to astound me she remains a pillar of strength even in the face of such great adversity Her positive attitude to life and her ability to find the silver lining in every dark corner of her cancer diagnosis and treatment. It shows us that there is always hope. In the next episode, I will be talking to Harley Street nutritionist Rhiannon Lambert. Sounds, you know, when I look at that now, it's like, how is that possible? But you'd be surprised. Um, You're definitely not alone, Sally, because I see many, many people, men and women, that go through a very, very similar thing. I think psychology and nutrition are so heavily intertwined, and it's one of the aspects in the healthcare system today that we don't have in place to support people. It's very much, well, just go on a diet. Just stop yourself. (laughs) It's nothing to do with willpower. If it were that simple, I think we'd all do it. If you have enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. Leave a five-star review and a little comment. If you're enjoying this podcast, then you will love The Real Brunch, a weekly pop culture podcast where three friends get together to discuss their lives. Would you rather be smart or pretty? Pretty. 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 (laughs) No, 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 no. Smart. No, I can't be lying. I want to be pretty. <laughs> With amazing guest interviews such as Gok Wan. So you could say anything. Just put my name before it. You know what you're going to get. So yeah. It could be like Gok's Fill Your House of Free. Gok's Closed Road Show. I mean, Gok Whips a Bear. I mean, could be, <laughs> I don't know kind of what you're going to get. World champion athlete Dina Asher-Smith. Still, every single race, you can go out there and honestly just focus on yourself and try and beat your personal best, mm. which I think is really empowering in itself. So yeah, obviously, go to the Olympics you want to win. But if you come third in like a national record and a amazing time a time that you are the little child inside you could never have envisaged you could ever run you're going to be happy aren't you and of course sally morgan but me i used to go in when i was tired or i was going to go down with something darling like yeah. you did in, those days. <laughs> in the 50s you went down with chicken pox or the measles or whatever um and it, it, basically it, she used to say to me you'll have your funny moments now because it seemed as if when i wasn't very well 
I knew things. Search the Real Brunch on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. This is a podcast by Peroxide Media.